thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Hope this message from Good News Company blesses you. Find us on Instagram and Facebook and enjoy the message. A, a sermon series, a bit of a, a series on, uh, we're calling it Solar Vision. Everyone say Solar Vision. And I'm going to explain what that means uh, in just a second um, because uh, we're going into the end, the second half of this year, the end of this year. And, uh, and with that comes the looming opportunity of a brand new year next year. And uh, I thought, let's just for November, let's just take a few minutes, uh, let's take a few weeks to just pause and say, Jesus, what do you have planned? How many of you want to know what God has planned? I mean, that is the ultimate question. God, what do you want to do in my life? What is your will for my life? Where do you see me going? And, uh, and, and as a, a body of believers, as people, we want to know what does God have to say? And so last week we started a series called Solar uh, Vision. Solar Vision. And uh, we call it Solar Vision. I'm going to explain it in just a second. Um, but it, take a look at Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, the first two verses there. What an incredible verse. It says this. Therefore, I'm going to do a little recap for the first five or ten. Is that okay? Because yeah. you weren't here last week. Plus, you forgot anyway. Don't lie to me. I know you forgot. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Side note, some things that you need to throw off isn't just sin. There's some things in your life that isn't bad, but it's not good for you. That's a whole other sermon. And and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And here's here's the thing, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. And we looked, we talked about tunnel vision and how tunnel vision is usually like a bad thing because tunnel vision means you're not looking at anything else. You've got tunnel vision except for just right what's in front of you, the time up here. And, uh, and you, you can't see what's to the left or to the right because you're in tunnel vision. Usually that's like a bad thing because it means you're not really aware of your environment or your surroundings. Um, but when it comes to the life of faith, we've got to sometimes have a bit of intentional tunnel vision, not distracted by what people are doing, not distracted about what they're doing, not distracted about what the world's doing, not distracted about what, a, what, a, what, a, what else is going on, but we need to have a bit of tunnel vision, fixated and focusing. I want to know what is Jesus doing? Is there anyone that wants to know what Jesus is doing? Because I hear what the government are doing. I hear about what my friends are doing. I see it on social. I, I, I know what, every, what everyone else is doing, but that's not going to change my life. What they're doing isn't going to have any good impact on me necessarily. I need to know what is Jesus doing. And that's what a soul of it is. It's a focusing. I'm calling that solar vision. That word solar, in case you need reminding, it's defined. The word is defined related to or determined by the sun. And we're doing a bit of cheesy wordplay, S-O-N instead of S-U-N. I want to have a solar, a vision that is related to or determined by Jesus, the son of God. Amen. Like teenagers, listen to me really carefully. You guys need, absolutely need. You, you can't look at someone else's highlight reel. R-E-E-L. You can't literally look at their reel, right? And, 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 and make that your vision. 
because you don't know the, the amount of posts that they deleted before they got to that perfect angle with the perfect lighting and they didn't get views on the last one so they deleted this one. You, you can't look at someone else's highlight reel and base your vision of what you want your life to look like based off what that influencer is doing. You can't do that because it will only end in failure and, 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 and destroy and it will end up saying, you know what, this is not working. But you've got to get in the presence of God and say, God, what is your vision for my life? I can't look at someone else. I can't look at, so- at, at social. I need to get a solar vision, a vision that's related or determined by Jesus. And I'll tell you, that is the only vision that will actually fulfill you in your life. Because uh, you can't uh, try and compare what you have to someone else's perfect picture that they've cropped and put out there perfectly. You can't do that. As believers, as people who follow Jesus, we need to have a vision for our lives that comes from Jesus, brings glory to Jesus, and, and points other people to Jesus. That's what it means to have a solar vision, that it's all about Jesus. Is that basic or what? But how many times... Do we get a vision that's got nothing to do with Jesus? Where we didn't even check in. God, you want me to do this? You want me to move this house? You want me to date that person? Do you want me to buy that thing? Jesus, what are your plans for this? I want to consult on him and not on anyone else. And so the other definition for solar is this. It's it's, uh, something that is uh, related to the energy received. From the sun. So not only does our vision need to come from Jesus, be about Jesus, bring glory to Jesus, point other peoples to Jesus, to peoples to Jesus. Um, it also your vision needs Jesus to work. You need to have a vision that you cannot do if Jesus wasn't in the picture. If you got a vision and you can do it without God, that's nice. You got a vision, but it's not a solar vision. It's not a vision that comes from heaven. I want, to, I want to have a vision that I cannot possibly do by myself. I don't know if you remember, about this time last year, we did a series called One Small Step. And we preached a message called The Flex Space. And it's saying, I'm purposely going to create some unknowns in my world where my ability stops and God's strength begins. The Bible says, like, my, your, your, your weakness, my strength... Your strength is made perfect in my weakness. There it is. Three cheers. We need to purposely say, God, this is where you're calling me. But I can't get there by myself. I tell you what, guys. This is a little insight to my life. Sometimes man, the, the vision, I think, that we have for this church. For example, your thing isn't church. Maybe your thing is something else. But our thing is church. The vision that we have for this church is so ridiculous. It's so big, it's so expansive, it, it's so out of this world. It's so, it's so I, I, sometimes I can't even tell most of you because you would just laugh in my face. The vision of what we have for this body of believers in this part of the world right now. But I, and sometimes I'm sitting at my desk thinking, Jesus, like that's not a swear word, that's me praying. I'm like, Jesus, I'm going to need your help. To, you've given us this vision and it's so ridiculous, it's so outside of the comprehension of what is possible for me and anyone around me. So I need you to come through. I need you to do something about your vision that you gave to me. If you're not awake at night wondering, oh, I'm going to do this. Maybe you need to expand it up a little bit and say, God, I need to give you a little bit of room 
to work. The soul of it, a solar vision cannot be manufactured by humans. If you can do it by yourself, get something bigger. If you can make it happen for, with hustle and grind and just more hours in the day, that's a nice goal, but it's not a vision that comes from heaven. We cannot have a vision that is, uh, that is uh, manufactured by humans. We've got to have a vision that is mandated by heaven. A vision that comes from heaven. And today, I want to, uh, that's, uh, that's solar vision, but tonight I want to uh, expand a little bit. And I, I want to talk about something. We'll get there in a sec. But we're going to have a quick look at Paul. Okay, Paul, the apostle Paul, wrote most of the New Testament. And uh, he was a man who had a mandate from heaven. And he would have really wanted a mandate from heaven, saying this, instruct, this is coming from heaven for the things that he went through. And I want to talk a little bit about going through stuff in your vision. And I want, to, I want to just break a few myths and maybe help someone tonight to, to let you know it's not just you, it's normal, okay? Anyone ever hears like, uh, you hear someone else going through something, you're like, oh, I thought it was just me, phew, I'm actually, I might be okay. I want to look at Paul uh, writing to, uh, to, the, to a church um, in the letter of Colossians. So we're going to go to Colossians chapter 1, verses 24 to 29. Verse 29 is going to be where we're going to land, but I want to give us a bit of context as we go. Is that okay? Yeah. Who's ready to receive something tonight? I hope so, because uh, I think it's going to be good. So it says this, Colossians chapter 1, verses uh, uh, 24 through 29. He says this, Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction. Some of you who may be a bit more switched on to biblical language, you're thinking, what does that, that doesn't sound like right. I'll explain in a minute. Uh, For the sake of his body, which is the church, verse 25, I have become its servant, the church, by the commission that God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations. But now it's disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles, a.k.a. everyone that's not a Jew, basically, the glorious riches of this mystery, which is in Christ, in you, the hope of glory. Now, if you're like, what? (laughs) Say again, Paul. (laughs) If you're anything like me, I had to read that about 28 times this week and read about five different commentaries to say, what are you talking about, Paul? And uh, let me just break it down to you in really quick sentences. I've done all the hard work for you. Basically, what Paul is saying here is saying, I've been given a commission, a mission from God to reach everyone, but specifically the Gentiles, anyone who's not of Jewish descent. And he's saying that, uh, basically, he's saying that for Paul, um, uh, suffering and persecution and going through these hard things is part of the method Right of proclaiming his message. So he's got a message, that's the gospel, and part of the method for him to proclaim that method is through people viewing, seeing him suffering and being persecuted. So Paul is saying here in the very first verse, he's saying that Jesus' death and resurrection uh, has done everything to provide salvation for people, but his suffering is 
required to proclaim that message, that salvation to people. So if you're hung up on that first, first verse there where he says, uh, I, I fill up, I, I help along what, what, what was lacking in Christ's affliction and Christ's suffering. I've, I've filled up, I've made it right, I've actually pushed it forward. Paul's not saying that I had to do anything so that you could receive salvation. He's saying in order for the message to get out about what Jesus has already done, it's going to take some suffering and persecution on my end to proclaim it to people. I'm not providing it. It's done. It is finished on the cross, Jesus says. But my suffering and my persecution is going to help boost the message and send it forward. So that's what he's saying there. But this is just, I need to put it out there. Verse 28 says, He is the one that we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. All right, this is the one. Wake up again. This is the verse. Verse 29, to this end, I strenuously contend. Everyone say, strenuously contend. With all the energy, Christ so powerfully works in me. And say that again. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy that Christ so powerfully works in me. We're calling this message heavenly energy. Come on, say it with me. Heavenly energy. Energy. One more time, with a bit of oomph, with a bit of energy. Come on, heavenly energy. Father, we thank you for tonight. We want to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. A bit of context for this, because it's a bit of an obscure verse. Verses, a bit of an obscure, obscure, the dense theology that Paul is expounding upon his physiological... That word, oh, that was an epic failure. He's expounding a lot of dense theology here, but a bit of context for this book and his writing to the Colossians. Um, right now, Paul is in prison. So he's writing this in jail. And uh, on the outside, so he's, he is physically he's locked up inside prison, a Roman prison. And, uh, and he's writing to a church who, on the outside, outside of ch- he, he's planted this church through some other people in his ministry. So people, he's, he's planted churches, and then that church has planted this church in, in Colossae. And uh, he's writing to this church, but this particular church that he is like senior senior pastor, like Brian Houston, right, global Paul pastor, right, to this little church. Um, but this particular church he's writing to is under attack. This little church has been infiltrated by like false teachers and people who are coming in and trying to add, trying to say different things that they have to do. And, and they're, they're coming in and Paul hears word of this. He's hearing that, man, my, my Colossians campus right, is under attack. Colossians campus, they're getting people in there and I'm stuck here in prison. And, uh, and, and this Colossians church, he's writing to them because at one point in time, they were super strong in their faith. They were really strong. They were sold out all in. They were going to all the conferences, right? They were doing morning and night services. And the same people would come. There was revival in the Colossians church. And it was pumping. It was popping. It was going off. They had a cool, hip young pastor. It was amazing, right? That's a joke. Thank you. But now, now Paul hears word that their faith is under attack. And uh, now they're vulnerable to deception about their faith, about what to believe. Is Jesus all we need? Oh, you're saying there's this guy coming into the church saying we need something more than Jesus. And, and so now Paul's in this situation where he's looking at his church from stuck behind bars. And uh, he, 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 he's looking at saying, man, they were walking in victory, but now they're vulnerable. And I'm stuck in prison. 
And I, I was thinking about this context because you, sometimes you can get a bit of a better picture of, of what's going on when you read a bit of the history, a bit of context. And I mean, what parallel to today's church? At, and, and maybe for your life, at some point, maybe you're walking in victory, your faith was strong. Things were just going right. You felt like every day you'd wake up and the Holy Spirit would speak to you and things were just great. But now since something happened, you lost the job and then COVID happened and there's been this thing and that thing and then all of a sudden maybe maybe you feel like your faith is a bit vulnerable. It's Now I'm starting to believe certain things that aren't the truth and you wouldn't openly say it's some heretical thing or anything, but now you're sort of, you're thinking, oh, is God enough? Like, is, can he do this? Is this able? And it's no one false teachers coming in, I hope. Uh, but uh, it's, it's a matter of saying, you know what? I was in this state of mind, but now I'm feeling a bit vulnerable. And I was thinking about Peter, uh, Paul. How would he be feeling in this text? How is he feeling in prison here? Is he feeling like, God, what are you doing? You, you, you planted this church through my ministry. It was flourishing. It was growing. It was going so well. And now I'm in prison and I'm hearing all these reports. That vision that you gave me for that church, how would Paul be feeling? Would he be feeling like a failure? Feeling frustrated? Feeling at peace, maybe? Is he, is he feeling like this vision that God gave him is too hard? It's impossible. How would Paul be feeling? And with that, that, um, that, uh, con- with that context in place, I wanted to ask ourselves the question, as we're talking about solar vision, will the vision that God gives you or me be easy or difficult? Well, the vision that God gives you, it comes from him. Is that vision for a great marriage, for a, a thriving business, for a great church, for your kids, for your fight, for your health? Is the vision that God gives you Will it be easy or will it be difficult? And that's the tension I want to explore tonight. Because you could say it could be easy, but it could be difficult. I want to explore that question tonight. So verse 29, he says, to this end, I just want to point out, that's Paul's solar vision. He's saying to this end, this is the end goal for me. He's saying to this end, I want to preach the gospel. I'm going to proclaim. I'm going to do this. This is my solar vision. He's saying to this end, I strenuously contend. I strenuously contend. Those words are very strong, big words that Paul is using here. They mean strenuously, right? It means to, to, to work, to labor, to sweat, to, to, to really like exert your energy. He is saying, I am strenuously contending. The word, con- so it's not, it's the word contend, which means to fight or to compete, um, right? And so Paul's not just saying, I'm working real hard. He's saying, I'm working real hard in a fight, and I don't know if you've ever been in a fight. I, I haven't, like half a fight maybe. Like, anyway, but it's tiring, I imagine, right? It's, 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 a, it's a lot of work. And, and, and Paul is saying, I strenuously, to this end, my solar vision, my vision, I strenuously contend. And I got comfort from that because I work very hard to see the vision that God gave me come to pass. And so do you. You work very hard in your family to create a family culture that that is one that you want to see. You work very hard. And sometimes it feels like a fight. Anyone feel like you've been in a fight lately? And a fight that is exhausting, where you're sweating in the spirit, where, where you're working, you're laboring, and you're like, God, I thought this was from you. I thought this came from you. And Paul here is giving me comfort when I write this. 
read this because he is saying to this end, to my vision, I strenuously contend. You know, sometimes every, you know, about four times a year, usually all in January, I get a vision, a perfect vision. I get a vision of a healthy Kieran. And I have a vision of me running. That's what I get a vision of. I get a perfect vision of me running and I think, that's it. I've got it. I can see it. I see it now. Running in the wind. And I see myself getting up at like 4.30. And I see myself putting on my joggers that I brought. And I see myself drinking a smoothie with eggs in it. And I see myself hitting that pavement with my AirPods in and I'm singing something great. And I have this vision of this happening. And, and it's a perfect vision. It's a wonderful vision. It's a beautiful vision. And, and, and the actual vision I have is, is by the end of it, the end of my vision is the vision is to get healthy, right? And I'm thinking running is going to get me healthy. And uh, so my vision, but my vision to become healthy, 10 minutes into my run, quickly turns into a vision just to make it home in one piece, right? Just to make it home on my feet and not crawling. Just to make it home without, like, dying. And, and this is funny because this sometimes is a vision for us. It's like, God, how, how? Like, I'm sweating on my run. I'm tired on my run. I'm, I'm all worked out on my run. And, and the vision to become healthy turns, degrades just into a vision just to make it home. And for some of us, you might be sitting here saying, Kieran, that's nice. You're talking about vision in 2022. Uh, but I'm, I, I, how do I have a vision for next year when I just need a vision to get through this week? God, don't, don't talk to me about my 10-month plan. I need a 10-minute plan. I, I can't just, uh, I'm fighting just to survive what I'm in right now. And it's hard sometimes to look to the future for vision when we're strenuously contending for what we are in right now. How do I get a vision for my family coming together or for my finances when I'm so deep in debt? How when I'm fighting just to, just to survive? Contending and strenuously contending just to survive. I wanted to encourage you that vision isn't just about the future. Vision isn't just something that you will arrive at one day in the future. Vision is a picture that will give you a passion today. A vision is a picture of the future that will give you a passion for today. And that encourages me because in, in, with Jesus, he doesn't just offer you vision for the future, but he wants to give you a vision for what you're going through right now. He doesn't just forget that you're in the middle of some stuff right now. Like he knows the state of the business. He knows your, your schedule. He knows your family. He knows your fine. He knows your church. He knows the problems that we're facing with church and COVID and the whole world. Like he has given us a vision for the future, but he actually wants to give you a vision for the present too, right now. He wants to give you a vision, not just for what's to come, not just walking on the mountaintops, but a vision for the valley too. And my first point tonight is that he wants to give you valley vision. Valley vision. Psalm 23 verse 4. You know it. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Every, in case you didn't know, every believer walks through valleys. And if you haven't, you just haven't been alive for long enough to figure that out. Every believer walks through valleys. But there is a difference. There is a way to walk through valleys. You know, you can walk through the valley as a victim. 
when you walk through a valley as a victim, you just walk in and you, you don't have tunnel vision. All you, all you see is everything going wrong. All you see is the fact that this is impossible. I am stuck. I've been stuck in a valley on the side of the mountain before and it's getting darker and darker with my brother. And we're trying to, we just, the path goes down the mountain like this and we're just going straight down, right? And we're through bush and we hit a path and through bush because you just try, you, you can't see, you don't know where you are. And, and you, can, you can walk through the valleys of life as a victim or God says, hey, you can walk through the valley as a victim, but you should walk through the valley with vision. I want to tell you tonight that the valley you're walking through or the multiple valleys some of you are walking through, you, you can't approach it as a victim. Oh, I'm stuck. <laughs> I'm not going to make it out. You've got to walk through the valley with vision, saying this valley is going to serve a purpose in my life. This valley will not be the end of me. There is some, I might be in the valley of the shadow of death, but, I, I, but there is something else coming. There is vision. I can see through this. I can't see it, but I can see it in my spirit. And it's not easy though. It's not easy because valleys are dark. And, and a lot of us, night vision, right, isn't a, a, a common trait that we all have. We, we, we don't always see easily when we're going through valleys. Uh, and, and it's called the valley of the shadow, right? The shadow, the shadow of death, the shadow of debt, the shadow of uh, disease, the shadow of dysfunction, the shadow of trauma, the shadow of grief, the shadow of guilt, But in the midst of every shadow, that gives me one piece of good news. If there's a shadow, that means somewhere there's a light. Because the fact that I'm facing the shadow of death, the shadow of this, the shadow of that, that tells me that somewhere, somehow, at some point, there is a light coming. There is a sun somewhere. And God, I don't want to walk through this valley as a victim. I want to look through with vision saying, God, where is the light. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp. It's a light, right? It's a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. In other words, vision isn't just for the future. It's for where you are right now too. We need a vision for where we're going. Yes, you need a vision for next year, the whole, the whole thing. You need a vision for that. But the vision for that, the picture of that should give you a passion to act and to keep on acting Today, right? The lamp, the, the vision, the word is a lamp on my feet. That's where I am right now. But it's also for the light on my path where I am going. Yeah. So I'll encourage you, if you're going through a valley, don't go through as a victim because you'll just camp there. You'll stay there. You won't leave from there. You can't get out when you think like a victim. Oh, everything's going wrong. There's no way this is where the stupid valley is so big and so deep and so dark. There's no way I can get out. There's got to be nothing else here. Don't do that because you'll stay there forever. You need to live and go through your valley saying, there's a vision. I've got a vision. I've got a vi- I'm going through this now, but there's a light somewhere. Don't stop in the valley. Here's the cool thing is you can't give up. You can't stop. You can't freeze because you've got a given vision. This is the whole thing about solar vision. You, you've got a given vision. That's point number two. For Paul, God had given him a vision. God had given him a job to do. We read in verse 25, right? He says, I've become its servant by the commission that God gave me. 
I've become, I'm doing this job, I'm doing this thing, I'm working this vision because of the commission that God gave me this. And some of us tonight, you need to remind yourself that when you feel like giving up, that God gave me this vision. You're going to kind of just be a bit angry and obnoxious about it. Say, no, I don't, I'm not stopping. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to camp here because God's given me this vision. God gave me this child. God gave me this job. God gave me this ministry. God gave me this marriage. God gave me this money. God gave me this platform. God gave me this talent. God gave me this breath. God gave me this vision. And I'm not just going to let it go. Paul says, I'm doing this. By the commission that God gave it to me. And if God gave it, he will sustain it. If God gave it, he provides provision for the vision. He's not just going to send you on a mission and say, good luck. He's given you what you need and he will continue to sustain you. But here's the key. Here's the thing. is He won't just bless your vision that you created independently from him. He doesn't sustain the vision that you just came up with and said, God, bless it. Here's my things. Bless it. Oh, I didn't consult you. It's not about you. You know, if you do it or not, I'm still going to do it. You know, it's not, God's not going to bless that vision. He is going to bless his vision for your life. His solar vision. Keys and bank can join me. Or just the keys for now. It's fine. So what do we got? We got valley vision or night vision saying, you know what, when you go through those things, because I understand you're saying, like, it's hard to get a vision for the future and you just don't know how to get out of what I'm in right now. Like, I'm in something right now and I'm not thinking about tomorrow, I'm not thinking about next year because I'm just trying to survive. I'm strenuously contending for this thing right now. God's got vision for that too. He's got a way for that too. And he's not going to leave you in the lurch. He's not going to forget about you and be like, well, when you get it all figured out, then let's start the plans for my life, for your life that I've got for you. No, he's got vision for the valley as well. And it's a given vision. It's come from God. You can't give it up because it's come from God. No one can take it away from you because it's come from God. And it it encourages me not to drop it when things get hard, right? Running a church is hard, I've discovered. It's difficult. But I realize I can't give it up because God's given it to me. This is a commission that has come from God. So that vision that God, you've given me for this church, and it's wild, it's crazy, it's a bit ridiculous, and I'm a bit scared to say it to people. That's okay because it's a given vision. And if he's given it, he will sustain it. He will sustain it. When you have a solar vision, you've got valley vision, you get given vision, but it's also driven vision. Driven vision. That's the good news about whatever it is that God is doing in your life tonight, in the good place, in the mountains, and in the valleys. It's a driven vision. He says this in verse 29, to this end, to my vision, I strenuously contend. Now, it's a fight. I'm sweating. I'm sweating up here right now. I'm, I'm fighting for my vision. I'm fighting with. Everyone say with. with. I am strenuously contending with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in 
me. I'm putting up a fight. I'm hustling. I'm grunt. I'm working. I'm, I'm pouring over the budgets. I'm looking at this. I'm getting up early. I'm training. I'm doing the whole thing. I don't know what it is that your vision is for whatever you do. He's saying, I'm fighting. I'm working. I'm, I'm laboring over this thing. But I'm doing it with all the energy that Christ so powerfully works in me. That power is the same mighty power that rose Jesus from the dead. That is the same mighty power that now will quicken your mortal bodies. The Bible says the power, the energy of Christ is in you or working in your fighting. So it's almost like this picture of you're fighting and you're laboring and this is difficult. I'm in a fight right now, but you can't do it out of your own strength. God's saying, I've got energy. I've got power. That can't, I've got a heavenly energy. In other words, it's driven, but it's not driven by you. It's a driven vision, but you're not driving. He is put in the gas. He is the working. You know, humans, we seek energy in all sorts of places. We seek energy everywhere. Caffeine, energy drinks, water, if you're bent that way, <laughs> sleep. We seek energy from all sorts of places. I remember one time in youth ministry, um, it was, uh, I was tired. Usually I'd have like a can of V right before you just to really get the, it's like a bit of a, like a, uh, like a kick for the Holy Spirit, you know? Like, <laughs> let's just kick the Holy Spirit into gear. <laughs> Pentecostal. Like. Um, but I remember one time, one of the guy, um, my wife's husband, uh, Bernard, he was, he was here and uh, he's like, oh man, do you, you, you want some pre-workout? And uh, he made up this pre-workout. It wasn't drugs, okay? It's not drugs. Don't worry. I'm doing no drugs before you. But I don't know what it was. I just trusted him that it was illegal. And um, it's like a powder you put in. It doesn't sound legal, but it's like, you know, it's the stuff you take before you go to the gym, right? You, you scull this thing, and it's supposed to give you all this energy, help you just, like, lift you, even lift, bro, right? Just going hardcore. And you, it's, it's given, so for a short time, you can use all this energy just to pump it out, grind it out, ah. Right? That's awesome. Pre-workout is awesome if you're about to go to the gym and use all that energy. Not when you're just gonna like preach. Because I mean I'm working and it's pretty it is it is work, more work than you think, but it's not like lifting weights, it's a different kind of energy. And so the whole night at youth, I don't know if you would remember. He remembers, wow. The whole night, I'm just like buzzing, right? I'm just like, my eyes are wide. I'm just like, the prayer meeting. Shaking the whole time. And the preaching must have been terrible. I was just like, go crazy. Speaking tongues the whole time. And it was just nuts because I was seeking energy from from this other substance, right? And and, um, it got me thinking, us humans, we seek energy from all sorts of places. But how often do we go to Jesus for the energy that we need to fulfill the task he's called us to fulfill. The band can join me. I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I don't want to fulfill, I don't want to operate in the vision that God's given me. I don't want to try and make it happen out of my own energy, out of a human energy. I need a heavenly energy. I need an energy that is not of this world. I need a power that cannot compete with any formula or V or caffeine bean. I want a bit, I want an energy, a power and a push that comes from heaven. Because I am in a fight and you are in a fight. Every day you wake up and there's something at your door wanting to fight you. Sometimes physically. Usually not. But you're in a fight. 
But you cannot fight it with your own energy. You need a heavenly energy because human energy fades, right? Because by the end of that pre-workout, you've done that. I was, I was gone, right? You understand. You have a high on energy, a high on sugar or something. That's going to be okay for a while, but you're going to die after it. Right, you're going to pass out somewhere. And the youth team probably packed up while I was just like dead on the, on the stage somewhere. Because human energy fades. But heavenly energy fills. Human energy fades, drains away. It starts and it only gets worse from there. Heavenly energy, it's like a spring bubbling up on the inside. It's like a well that comes up where it's saying the Holy Spirit is in me. And though I'm tired, though I'm weak, Somehow he keeps providing, somehow he keeps sustaining, somehow he keeps fulfilling because heavenly energy fills. Human energy uh, is driven by problems or people or profit. I'm going to put all my energy towards, um, towards something, towards a problem. I'm going to, that's, that's why I'm providing the energy that I have because of problems or because of other people or to make a buck or something. But heavenly energy is driven by purpose. Yeah. Heavenly energy is driven by purpose. Let's stand together.